Hey guys, and welcome back. If I feel like we've been like on a hiatus from each other, all my fault because I'll tell you in a sec. But anyway, I think it's been two weeks since the last episode. I'm never going to do that again. Not to myself, nor to you, because I'm feeling just two weeks makes me feel rusty of not doing podcasts. But two reasons. One, I've launched my own online workouts and it's, you know, I'm not the most tech-heavy human being in the world um, by any stretch of the imagination. So me trying to set that up, getting that platform happening online, doing all of that, that really took about a week to get my shit together. And then secondly, I just completed the hardest essay of my life. Um, Really doesn't compare to the essays that I did in my undergrad. Fuck, man, it's so hard. Um, But also fucking fascinating. I'm doing neuropsychopharmacology, so it's all about drug targets, drug binding, molecular binding, bonds of... Anyway, I could go on forever. Maybe I need to have like a like a sub section of my podcast for like people that really want to get into the nitty gritty science side of things. Cause I feel that this could get real deep real quick and there's no shortcut of explaining what it's about. So I'm probably not going to get into it in depth right now, but pretty much in a nutshell, it's about like an essay where I had to talk about finding a drug that would work on Alzheimer's disease to treat it and why full on. Anyway, very cool. Now, I want to talk about a couple of things on this podcast because I did put up on my Instagram like a few question boxes and I was like, just ask me anything. I'm going to talk about whatever the anxiety podcast is coming, but that actually takes a lot of time to put together. Like the podcasts that I do that are all about one topic take longer because I really flesh it out. I get really into it. So if that was the case, then I probably would have taken a whole other week to release one. So I think I'll do that maybe in the next podcast or two. And this one, I talk about a few topics that you guys asked me in those question boxes. The good thing is though, that quite a few of you guys actually asked me similar questions that have to do with self-image is a big one. And motivation was one. And also, so self-image, motivation. And the third one was finding your purpose, which was actually quite um, yeah, quite common, which I found really interesting. And so I'm definitely going to get into those three. Now, I thought I'd just give you a little recap on the week that was in ISO. Last week, I did a podcast with the girls, Lucy and Nikki on the Happy Hour podcast with Amber. Um, so if you've listened to that podcast, you would have heard us both on there as a guest. And it was dating or being single in ISO. Now, Amber is a seasoned dating app user and I am like the absolute opposite. I'm a dud when it comes on to those online dating things. And so after we did that episode, that then led me to download Hinge and create, I can't believe I'm saying this because this is so, (laughs) so not me, create a fucking Hinge account. Can you imagine me? Like I just, I'm the most awkward person in the world for dating apps, like beyond. Anyway. I did it and deleted it a couple of hours later. Well, it was technically about 10 hours later, but seven of those hours I was asleep. So as far as active usage on that thing would have been three, maybe three hours. Okay, so I'm just not a fan and I actually love it for everyone else, but I don't like what it brings out in me 
which is really interesting. So my best friend Liv, she's like a seasoned professional on those apps, like a seasoned pro. She knows how to like throw down the chat. She meets up with people, well, now, not so much now in ISO, obviously, but she would, you know, have like all these epic dates lined up, have good times, not have to have strings attached. It was just, just a cool thing going. I feel like Amber's the same where she's able, you know, these, these people are able to, I reckon most people, I'm probably just the outlier, but most people are able to just like really enjoy their time on the app, invest a good amount of time on it, talking to these people and then going out on a date. But for me, oh, on the worst, it brings out a side of me that I don't like. I become shallow. That's my problem on a dating app because if you look at every guy I've dated in my life, or shagged, they're all so different. There's no one type. Like I've had a t- I've had types that I like as far as physically, but when it comes down to dating, they're all polar opposites of each other. When it comes to body type, height, appearance, hair color, eye color, like it's all been vastly different. So I safe to say that when I date someone, it's heavily based on my connection with that person and also how much I I'm attracted to them based on the connection. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, yeah, I'm not one of those people that like, oh, I could never date a blonde or I could never date a brunette. It's not, it's very far from that. However, get me on a dating app and I turn into the most shallow fuckhead ever because this is my problem. The apps, the, the way I look at it, for me, apps are pretty much asking you to judge someone on, is it five photos, I think, on Hinge or six? Max six, I think. So you got six photos at the best of times and then I think it's three quotes or like three little questions or answers. Now, I've got that to judge you on and I'm not also, my problem with the dating app is that I don't seek a relationship. I was like, oh, I'm going to get on the dating app after, it was off the back of that podcast that I did and Amber talking about it and I'm like, nah, this sounds like fun. I'm just going to try it because I'd done it like four years ago. Fucking bless my soul. I was a disaster. Um, literally had it for a day, I think. And here I am attempting again, hinge. And I literally was just struggling. The only people that I swiped yes to was my cousin being like, don't be such a mean bitch. Just fucking swipe. Yes. You've said no to like 40 people in a row. So literally, I think I said yes to three people. And it was because my cousin was like, being my motivational support, pushing me to just say yes to someone. So needless to say, I become really shallow. I'm like, ugh, no, don't think he's attractive. Oh, I hate those quotes. No, they're dumb. Oh, no, he's, you know, that's different about us. That's different. He's this, he's that. Those are his hobbies. That's not my, I'm like, which is so different to me in reality. So I guess it's something that I need to kind of like, be introspective about but I think I pinpointed what it was because then after a couple of hours I'm like fuck this shit I'm deleting it it's just these guys have shit chat it's just I fucking hated it deleted it but then after I deleted it I thought I think the reason why it doesn't work for me is because I've never really especially now seeked a relationship I don't really seek out a relationship I don't feel like I need one I'm kind of of the mentality that if I were to meet a legend and we vibe, 100% I'm going to date the shit out of that person. Like I, when I do date, I fall fucking hard. I love so hard. I'm a hopeless romantic when in love. When that switch is off, I have no need 
to switch it back on. It gets switched on if and when it happens, but it's not something that I actively try and do. So if you're someone that values having a, a partner in your life, it would make sense that you would go on these apps, give people the benefit of the doubt, say yes to people that maybe you don't have a connection to, and then spend time talking to these people even if the banter's average, and then spend time going on a date with them even if you're not sure that you're going to have a connection, just to try to give them a chance. Whereas I won't invest the time to give someone the chance if I've never met you. It sounds mean, but I won't. And I've just learned that about myself and I don't think I will change. I don't think I will. Because if I meet you in person, if I'm talking to a guy and I meet him and we vibe and he's like, can I take you out on a date? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. But if I'm on an app and there's a guy with the shittest chat in the world and he's like, we should meet up. I'm like, no chance in hell, queen, because that would entail me sacrificing a night that I could have hung out with a friend or family to sit down with a potential dud. Like, I'm so fucking stingy with my time. For me, time is the most valuable commodity. And to go on a date when I don't really need a boyfriend, to me, unless I've met them and I've vibed with them, to me, that's a fucking waste of time. And it's because I've realized that it's what do you value? If you value having a partner, for someone to go on like five dud dates before they get to a good one, they see the value in that because it's like that's them getting to that point where they can find someone that they actually click with. So I 100% acknowledge the value in that if you want a partner. However, for someone like me who has zero need or interest in a partner, unless it just slaps me in the face, that to me is a waste of time. So I finally realized why I can't do dating apps and then I'm just so much happier with it now because, yeah, so I just wanted to share that with you because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Everyone's on them. Everyone's loving life with them and I'm just like not vibing at all. Like, yeah, hate that shit. Anyway, that is my last week was on the girls app handed in the hardest essay of my life to date and um, was on hinge for 10 maybe 11 hours Uh, yeah good times that's pretty fucking eventful considering we're in ISO so applause for me thank you very much now there's a couple of questions that I want to tackle before I get into those main topics that I was talking about And one of them that I fucking loved and I thought I'd just like get this too. But one that I'll get right into right now is someone wrote to me saying how to deal with horrible mother-in-laws. And I'm going to open that up to just in-laws in general. Mother-in-laws are a big one or father-in-laws. Like it's normally the parent of your partner. If you don't get along with them, it can be quite intense. So my answer to that is because I actually know a few friends – very close people to me who have had big issues with their in-laws. And I can tell you that often, not always, often the issue arises when your partner doesn't have the fucking balls to stand up to you. So often the issue with the in-laws is actually an issue with your partner because if your partner really knew how to draw the line, Let's say you're just never going to get along. It's never going to happen. But your partner is worth it and you want to stay with them forever. If your partner knows where to draw the line and say, you know what, mom, 
this is the person I'm spending my life with. This is the fucking person I love. You need to accept it. You are not going to speak to her that way. You're not going to treat her that way. You're not going to act that way. And if you do that, it's going to limit the time that I come over now. Because from now on, if you make me choose, you're then limiting the time that you get with me. Because obviously, more than half the time, I'm going to choose my partner. That's what a real partner should do. So if you find that your partner is torn between their mother and you, they need to grow the fuck up. Now, I'm saying this in the scenario that you are the nice person in the situation. But if you're a bitch, you fucking need to check yourself because that person will then leave you if you're sort of antagonizing this parent for no reason. But I'm presuming that you're not. I'm presuming that this mother-in-law is awful and you are actually a fucking legend and this person's being mean to you. So that's where I'm coming from with this. But if you are contributing to the battle that is going on, you need to acknowledge that because we've all been there when something's not been good and then instead of just trying to find a way to get around it, we've then contributed to the drama. We've all been there. I have. I'm sure you have. I'm sure everyone has. Now, is that happening in this situation? Are you contributing to that divide that your partner is now going to feel between you and their, their parents? Um, so basically, my answer to that is you need to sit your partner down. It is an issue between you and your partner because at the end of the day, if your partner wasn't in the picture would you, would your in-laws be in the picture? No. So this is heavily involved with your partner. If your partner says to you, I don't want to get involved, I don't want to deal with it, I don't want to be a part of it, then they are setting themselves up for big time problems down the track. If if your partner doesn't want to get involved, to me, huge fucking red flag because it says that they're putting their family before you. So if your partner does want to hear you out, then it's something that you can work through and you've got to say, look, I do want to get this relationship better or if it's just a dead end and it's never going to get better, then your partner needs to learn how they're going to divvy up their time and have your back at all times because it's going to reach a, a sort of like a, a breaking point or it will be reach a point where hypothetically if your partner has your back at all times, then there's only so much more that their parents can say about you or to you with falling on deaf ears. Do you know what I'm saying? So it really is up to how you and your partner handle the situation. If your in-laws aren't coming to the party and they're just being bitches, it's really an issue with you and your partner. That needs to happen. Wow. Okay, cool. Now let's get into, I want to get into body image and self-love. So that's going to be the first one. Now, First question that I'm going to open this with and then we're going to go into the whole thing about self-love when it comes to body image. Like we're talking your physical body. That's what we're talking about. Someone asked me, you speak about positivity and self-love. What is your opinion on plastic surgery? My opinion is that plastic surgery is 100% personal. It's your fucking body. If you want to get plastic surgery, you do you. I have no problem whatsoever at all with people getting plastic surgery. Would I do it? Maybe. Would I do it right now? No, right now I don't have a desire to do it right now. Can I speak for myself in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? No, I can't. So 
I have, I don't think there's anything wrong. What I do think is wrong is if you're doing it to please someone else. That is when it's wrong. If it's something that you're like, you know what, I'm fucking good with myself, but fuck, I'd like big boobs. It's just something that I really want to rock. And I think I just have a ball having big boobs. Then do it. You know, I just want bigger lips because I think it's fun. Do it. You know, if you're not attaching, I'm going to be a better person if I get big boobs. I'm going to be a better person if I have bigger lips. People will love me more if this happens. If you think that other people's opinion of you is going to change and that will make you happy. If that's the reason why you're getting plastic surgery, then I fucking don't agree. That is cooked. Wrong reason. Because I can guarantee you, you get the plastic surgery, you're not going to feel better. Maybe very temporarily, but these issues that you feel about yourself are deep, deep, deep within your brain. Surgery can't fix shit. So, as far as aesthetic surgery, can't fix shit. Emotional shit. So, my answer to that is if you are getting plastic surgery because you're like, you know what? I'm feeling good, but... You know, I don't care what anyone's opinion is. I don't care if they even hate it if I get lips. But I want to get lips because I think lips would be cool or boobs or butt implants or a facelift or whatever. If you're doing it for you because you think that you're going to just rock it and you're going to love the look and you would do it even if you knew other people didn't like it, then you're doing it for the right reasons because you're doing it because you think it's going to look good on you. So my only request of people of you girls who listen on guys and kings kings and queens that listen to this podcast is please ask yourself why it is that you're considering doing it if you do it for you you'll probably love it and reap the benefits of that constantly because you're like oh so glad I did that I'm loving myself sick if you did it for someone else I'm sorry but not okay you're not the emotions it's not gonna even honestly though even if you do it for yourself it's not gonna change how you feel about you. It's probably just going to make you think, yeah, fuck yeah, I look good. But it's not going to fix any emotional shit. So that comes from thought patterns and behaviors that are innately in you. Think about it. If you've been thinking yourself ugly, whether you are or whether you're not, if you've been thinking yourself ugly for decades, how is something superficial over your skin or under your skin going to change this thought pattern that has been ingrained and wired into your, like hardwired literally into your brain. How is it going to change that? Your insecurities are going to shift somewhere else. This idea of you not being good enough physically is going to shift. So if you're good with yourself emotionally and you think, nah, I'm just going to do it for, for lols and for fucking vibes, do it. But you've got to have a very lighthearted opinion towards you getting plastic surgery that's my opinion but apart from that do I have an issue with it fuck no fuck no you do you love that for you okay now more on the topic of body image like I said it's very much in your head it's very much created by your brain and it's got nothing to do with how you look because if that were the case all the supermodels in the world would have no body image problems and there is a high 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 percentage of supermodels that have serious body dysmorphia. So there's no correlation with hotness and a positive self-image of your body. None whatsoever. That goes with men as well, with women. It doesn't matter. Gender, it doesn't matter. 
race. It's it's the story that we tell ourselves because there are people out there that you, to your opinion, might think, oh, they look average as fuck, but they love their body. They love themselves and they fucking have a ball. And then there are people that you think is a solid 10 out of 10 and they're picking themselves apart just kind of almost paralyzed with you know worried so hard about how they look they take forever to get ready they have a panic attack before they go on a date because they just don't think they're good enough and you from the from the outset might think that they're gorgeous so get it out of your head that in order for you to have a high self-love like a body image that you need to change how you physically look because you've got to fix what's going on deep in those emotional and logical centers of your brain that have wired yourself to feel this way. Now, a lot of the time we do feel this way because we have either grown up feeling that way and that's often because people have said shit. Put it this way. Let's just put it this way. If no one ever commented on appearance ever, whether it's in your life, friends, family, the media, um, advertisement, if nothing was ever brought up about looks, there would never be this issue of, oh, I'm just not good enough because we have now created in our minds that we have to look a certain way to receive certain things in life, whether it's affection, whether it's attention, whether it's opportunities. We feel that that's what we need. So often you might have were a confident person and then you've dated someone and it's made you feel shit about yourself so take me for an example I when I was 18 up until I was 18 I always had like a very good group of friends my family's fucking legends I never really ever worried about how I looked other than (laughs) me wanting to be blonde because my hair was a fucking hectic afro but anyway separate to that I was happy with my body happy with my face like didn't really question it dated this guy When I was 18, I dated him for about a year and my self-esteem was rock bottom because he's this person that just drilled into me, drilled into me, drilled into me. You're a cow, you're this, you're that. Like just awful things that looking back now, like I regret very little in my life and I've always spoken about how little I regret. But looking back now, the regret I have is why the fuck didn't I dump that fucked up cunt two months in when the first real argument happened I that's the only thing that I truly regret because I was in that relationship knowing I shouldn't be in it the other relationships I've been in even the ones that fell apart dramatically at the time I was in them I wanted to be in them so the reason I only regret that one is because I knew deep down that it was killing me to be in that relationship and it was killing my relationship with myself and sometimes you don't realize that that's actually what's happening but you start feeling like this low level of anxiety but it's constant you feel like you need to sort of dampen down who you are when you're around them and before you know it you've changed and that's what happened with me I changed it was looking back really fucked up and I was 18 a child essentially like as far as mental and emotional maturity to have someone emotionally abuse you in a relationship and try and pull you down so they can pull themselves up is so fucked up I have no tolerance for that shit and if you a lot of my listeners are in their early 20s or even like late late teens 
girl, if you are in a relationship, get the fuck out. If you are in a relationship where someone is emotionally abusing you, there is no excuse. Zero. Zero fucking excuse. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. It's going to get to a point where you're so fucking weak because they have cut you down so hard. You haven't had the 10 years in your 20s to build that emotional maturity to know how how it's going to affect you. But I'm telling you right now, get the fuck away from someone who is emotionally abusing you. They are not going to get better, at least not with you. They would need a wake-up call and unfortunately it's not going to happen by someone that they've been abusing emotionally. So when I hear about that, like that is one of the things that makes my fucking blood boil because I see young women, I see myself at 18 in them and I'm like, that's not okay. It's fucking not okay. And both genders do it, but it's normally men who do it to women. It's a fucking fact. And it's, yeah, that's one thing that's actually not okay. So if you are honestly in a relationship where you're like, but maybe we'll get better, but he's got demons, fuck his demons. He can deal with his demons. He, he has no right to put that on you. I don't care how messed up he is. No one has the right to emotionally abuse you to the point where you don't like yourself. That is like, I don't have words for that. I don't have words for that. For someone to think that they can infiltrate the way you feel about yourself and fuck with your mental health, they can fucking be gone. Never an excuse. So if you ever come to me asking me for my advice or what you should do on someone that's emotionally abusive, fucking cut him out and never utter a word to that piece of shit ever again. Right. Okay, that was really hectic, but I just thought that I could drill that into you because... Yeah, I can tell that a lot of you that are listening right now based on the messages that I've gotten on my DMs, I know for a fact that a lot of you are putting up with that and I just wish you weren't. I really wish you weren't because it makes me very sad. So a lot of the time you'll be in a relationship like that. It could be romantic or it could be um, your family. It could be friends or it could be randoms that have said this to you. But often it's these beliefs that have been implanted into you to make you feel lesser than who you are. You could say this to someone who is the fittest person in the world or the fattest person in the world. It's still going to affect them. It doesn't matter. If something is said to you enough, you believe it. You start saying it to yourself. That's the fucked thing. And then you believe it. So this is what I'm talking about. It's beliefs that ruin how you look at yourself. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you start picking yourself apart, it's because you've told yourself these things. It's not a natural thing. Do you think animals will look in the mirror and be like, oh God, my ears aren't as like perky as that other dog? No, they give a flying fuck. They're just living their best life being themselves and you look at how dogs interact. They don't judge. This is the problem. So the first step that you need to think about when it comes to body image is self-love and body image it's number one it's got nothing to do with your appearance it's got to do with the narrative that you've been telling yourself all this time because use the exact story that I was telling you I went from loving myself to feeling really shit about myself to then learning to change that narrative and now really loving myself again my body didn't change much at all so what are you telling yourself and what are you choosing to believe 
and why. So I want you to write down, get out a book, get out a document on your computer. I don't care. It doesn't make a difference. But write down anything that you can remember that people have said to you that stuck with you. Maybe the first way to go about it is maybe you start writing down the things that you actually pick yourself apart with. So that's where you start from and say, oh, well, I really don't like, I don't like this about my face or I don't like this about my body or has someone one day maybe made a comment about how an outfit looked on you or whatever. Write down what it is that you, what's your go-to insult to yourself. Write it all down and then see if you can pinpoint when it started in your life. I want you to go back to that time, pinpoint it and write it down because not for everything. There'll be a bunch of things that you don't know where it's come from and it could be sort of like a carry-on effect from the original negative beliefs you've had. But I can guarantee you that a lot of the time it's going to be based on a comment or something that was said or done to you at some point by someone. Then I want you to – what would you say? Picture your best friend and imagine someone saying exactly that to her or him. What would you say to that person if you heard someone say that? What would you say? What would you say to that person if you heard them talk to your best friend the way you talk to yourself? That's where you need to start. That's the new narrative you need to start with. Talk to that imaginary person that's saying those things that they said to you maybe in your past and imagine it that they're saying to someone that you just love with all your heart, whoever your favorite person is in the world the person that you'd never want to see sad, imagine that they're saying that stuff that has been said to you, they're saying it to them. How would you react? How would you shut them down? How would you be a boss fucking bitch and defend your best friend? Now do it for yourself. Imagine that you're having that conversation with that person back then. How are you going to defend yourself the way you would stand the fuck up for your best friend? For once, be your body's best friend. Let's look at your body and be like, you know what, for today, let's play a game. I'm going to fucking love you and be your best friend just for today. I don't have to love you forever. Let's just try it. Because God forbid you love yourself every day. So just let's do it for one day, for now. And I want you to say to that person or people exactly what you would say if you were sticking up for someone that you loved. You're then going to feel this sense of like, wait a minute, you don't have the right to say that. You don't have the right to speak to someone like that. You don't have the right. Like what's it to you if my face looks a way that you don't like? Why are you telling me this? Fuck off. Be gone. You know, you'll start coming up with all these answers and you'll start rewiring in your brain. You then become your own defender instead of the person that antagonizes yourself. So you can start to rewire those pathways. And it's got nothing to do with being like, I have to love my nose. I ha-. No, it's separate to that. Because it's different to, it's not saying, oh, well, I can't stand if I genuinely don't like how my face looks. I can't pretend. It's different to that. I'm talking about changing the narrative in your mind. I'm not saying you have to then think, no, my nose is the best nose in the world. You don't have to think that. But why do you feel shit about yourself, about certain physical attributes that you might not be thrilled with but you shouldn't have to hate? Do you know what I'm saying? So those people that sit there and say, well, it's easy. It's easy for someone who doesn't have, you know, 
this extra weight or this whatever, whatever it could be that you criticize about yourself because it's not what it comes down to. I want you for the first time to defend yourself and you will feel so fucking good. You'll feel like a boss bitch. You feel like you can turn around and be like, you know what? I, for once, I had my back when it came to my physical appearance because if you losers out there don't want to, that doesn't matter because I have my back. Remember, it's not about your external appearance. It's That's not why you feel that way. You feel that way because you've believed what people have told you and then you've reiterated that story again and again and again. Okay? And I'm talking about these people, in inverted commas, could be media, advertisement, could be anything. There's a big umbrella that I'm talking about. So that's, I mean, I do cover the topic about self-love a lot, but when it comes to body image, you need to be rewriting that narrative. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to the story you are repeating. Now subconsciously, it was originally consciously, now subconsciously. Shake that shit up. Imagine that you are your favorite person in the world. Picture your best friend and then put yourself in that then position and defend yourself. Cool. All right. Now, let's talk about finding. The next topic is finding your purpose. For me, so I want to talk about how, like, my kind of journey. For years, so I'm 30, nearly 31, and for a long time, I really wanted, up until I was 26, I wanted to be an actor. Like, that was the be all and end all. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't really want to build up a plan B because it has to be this. Like, if I have a plan B, then I'm not going to do the plan A properly that whole mentality, I wanted it so bad. Then, mind you, I had already done my undergrad, but after I graduated, I'm like, ah, they can just sit there. I'm not really going to use it. Like, yeah, it was interesting, but I want to be an actor. So mm, whatever, maybe I'll use it when I'm 40. Then I had that whole life epiphany change where I decided to quit acting. And that's in another podcast that I speak about. But long story short, I decided that I was going to quit acting and then it was it ended up being the best decision ever for me because I just felt so just comfortable within myself and within my skin having made that decision. But the idea of purpose, I felt like I would always – I'll start something and then quit it, start something, quit it, start something, quit it. And at the time, it actually felt quite frustrating because I was like, what's my actual purpose? What do I like doing? Um Then as I got deeper and deeper into the fitness industry, I found that I still, I started learning what I liked. So I was like, I love helping people, but more so helping them help themselves. Like, so more so in a motivational kind of way, like empowering people, you know, making someone feel a little bit happy about who they are or whatever. So that was very big within fitness because people were like, oh, you know, thanks to you, I've lost all this weight. And I'd be like, I didn't do it. You did it. You did all the work. I was just there facilitating the session. But I really loved how that felt when clients would feel that way about their own selves or their minds or their bodies. What Another thing that I found out that I still really loved from the acting world was I loved being in, like, I love Put me on a fucking stage with a microphone just immediately. I love that shit. I was never stage fright. I just love crowds. Love. So when I teach classes, I'm like, oh, I'm on a fucking stage. Watch me thrive. So this is why I love doing the podcast as well because I'm just like, oh, I love. I just It just brings me so much happiness. I can't even 
clearly I could go on on about it forever. So that was starting to combine the things that I loved, like helping people, being, you know, on show, on stage, whatever. So then I started getting a little bit deeper. So I still don't get like – as it stands, I'm still very heavily involved in the fitness industry and I think I will be forever. It's a big passion of mine. Then every year I would think, should I enroll in my master's again? I don't know. I don't know. But in the back of my mind, there was always this, this, oh, I really love the brain. Oh, I'm obsessed with the brain. I'd find myself when I'd go and watch TED Talks, always typing in brain, 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 neuroscience, brain. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to always – one thing I know for sure, if I don't do it, I will always doubt myself. When I'm 50, 60, 70, I'll look back being like, you literally would question yourself every year before enrollment should you do your master's. So then one day I thought, you know what, I'm just going to look at what the available courses are. Looked and looked and looked, found the one that I'm doing now at Sydney University and I applied and I got in. I was like, shit, okay, I actually thought that I'd need more to get in, but I didn't and um, I deferred that year and I thought, okay, now I really have to make up my mind because I can defer one year before starting and I did that. Went overseas, whatever. When I came back, I thought, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it and see if it's a right fit because I was still so torn between maybe I've got my career, which is the fitness industry and I love it, but then I'm so obsessed with the brain. I have a deep, deep feeling deep inside me that something big and great will come from this. Started it last year, the Masters, and not for one second did I look back. Because, girls, this is the thing I'm going to tell you. When you know, you fucking know. I walked into that lecture. Three minutes in with the lecture talking, I noticed this huge grin on my face and I was like this person could think I'm a fucking psychopath that I've got this massive smile on my face in an anatomy lecture but I was just like oh I was feeling it so much because I was like this is exactly exactly what I want to be including in where I want to go in my life and that was a year before I even started the podcast talking about neuroscience before I started you know doing more on social media I just knew that it would benefit me greatly to do it. I've had employers in the past being like, no, nah, don't study that. Don't you want to study management instead? People are going to try and get you to, like they're going to try and veer you if they think that you're an asset to them. So this is a time where you can't really look for others for guidance when they have an ulterior motive. If something feels right, it's right. That's it. Listen to your gut. Listen to your instincts. If it feels right, it's right. So now I'm a year, nearly a year and a half in, part-time, mind you. I could complete it way, way less time. But anyway, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> this is a saga that eventually I'll complete. I am loving it though. But now my purpose I'm finding is this, what I'm doing now talking about neuroscience, talking about relationships, especially relationships with yourself, talking, educating people on their relationship with their brain and the physical side of it, working out for mental health and doing all of that. Like that, I thrive on that. If I never got paid a dollar, I would still do this forever. The messages that some of you have sent me, I've never felt more purpose in my life. 
because of the things that people have said to me of how certain episodes of my podcast have helped them. Like I, that makes me so, that's fucking purpose for me. That is purpose because you find something, you stick to it and I'm 30 and it's not to say that I haven't found purpose earlier. I have in other things, but the more I follow the things that have interested me, eventually one thing leads to another strand, it leads to another strand. And before you know it, you're actually there with your purpose. So my advice is, I'm the prime example, I have started and stopped so many things in my life. I've like had a million different business ideas that I've wanted to start and it's just died in the ass. I've started this, it died. I started this, it died. How many blogs have I started? I started, oh my God. So that at the time was like, oh, I failed. But now looking back, I think all of those were putting the feelers out. It's like, oh, I really liked that part of it, but I didn't like that enough. So it ended up just, I wouldn't even call it failing, but you just pull the plug on it because it's just not your thing. So don't look at things that end as failure necessarily if it's not really what you wanted to do. So my advice, if you feel like you have no purpose, the number one thing that you have to do is change something big because guaranteed if you're studying the same thing or staying in the same job, living in the same city, hanging out with the same people and wondering why you're not finding any purpose and wondering how you can get more purpose, if you're not feeling inspired by any of those few things, your location of living, what you're studying or what you're doing for work and who you're hanging out with, get out of there change something up. You're not going to, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Try something, try 10 things, but change what you are doing. You need to change. If you, uh, let's talk about career, because I'm presuming that a lot of these questions are regarding purpose in a career. Quit your fucking job, get another one. Because where you're at right now, if you're not feeling it, if it doesn't feel exciting the prospect of doing this for another five ten years stop immediately you are wasting your time it's the most expensive precious commodity you'll ever have because we i don't need to highlight the fact that we're all going to die so stop now just get a part-time job doing something else have you thought about doing something if if, say you don't want to delve into it into a degree yet do a short course that might be similar to it i've had so many people say to me they're like What did you study to get to where you are? What are you doing? Okay, if you don't want to delve in a four-year undergrad and then do your master's after that, don't. But maybe put your feelers out there by doing some short courses online about psychology, about counselling. You know, just start getting the feelers out. But you sitting there being like, oh, that looks like too long a course. Oh, no, fuck no. I couldn't do a four-year degree if I'm not. Oh, I couldn't do this. One thing I can guarantee you is time still ticks on. So... You, this inability to make a decision and jump back to my podcast of Take a Leap of Faith because I speak about it quite a bit there, but you can be, I can guarantee you right now, in 12 months, mark the date right now, and in 12 months' time, you could be doing the exact same shit that you're doing sitting there, having the same job, studying the same thing with the same people in the same city and still feel like you don't have any... Um, purpose or you haven't found a drive or what you want and you can't ask yourself why because the answer is right there you've changed nothing you've done nothing to change 
Listen to the Take a Leap of Faith podcast again if you've already listened to it because it doesn't mean that you have to know, but it means you have to be willing to change something. If you're not willing to change something, no offense because I love you, but good fucking luck finding purpose. Get out there. Get on a limb because you will learn so much more about yourself and what you value and what you want to do for other people. Because if you want to be a multimillionaire, great. Love that for you. I do too. But how are you going to bring everyone along for the ride as far as are they clients, are they customers? What are you going to do that's unique to you that you can take them along for the ride? And it doesn't have to be something that's not been done before. It can be something that heaps of people are doing. I don't care. But it's got to be, it's got to be exciting to you. So change up your scenery and if you have no idea then save up and travel I couldn't recommend that higher traveling and meeting people hearing their stories you'll be so inspired you will instead of having no ideas you'll come back with 30 plausible possible life directions that you could go in because you're so fucking inspired so if you literally are in a position of no idea then my recommendation is to save up what you can. Don't spend anything once you've saved it up. Once COVID is done and dusted, travel. Travel within Australia. Travel. Meet people. Because there's no excuse for not being able to find motivation somewhere. No excuse. It's there. You have a computer. Watch some inspiring talks. Read books. Inspiration is everywhere. And once you start digging... You then uncover a whole world of inspiration that you could go down in, in a million different avenues. So if you feel stagnant, it's going to take a little bit of work to get out of that. And once the juices flow, they fucking flow. And it's you'll almost be overwhelmed with how many things you could do. So that's my answer to that. And okay, now it's the final topic. Final topic being how to stay motivated, being motivated. So this is, look, we could this, this is a fucking deep topic, but I'm just going to start and then I obviously will talk about it in many podcasts as well. But often when we try and get motivated, I spoke about this once on my story and I had a lot of people being like, oh, fuck, yes, that's so true. I never thought about it that way. But look at a scale, right? Let's talk about let's talk about weight loss, for example. So you've got a sliding scale where you are right now and at the very other end of the scale is where you want to be. And that's that line to kind of draw a line on a paper. You're here at one end and you want to be on the other end. That's the goal. And you're seeking motivation to get from where you are to where you want to be. But often the motivating factor is that you don't want to be where you are right? So look at that line that you've drawn. You're at the first dot. You don't want to be there. More so than the fact that you want to be at that end point. So what happens? We're talking about weight loss as an example. What happens? Okay, I don't want to be 10 kilos overweight. I really don't want to be that. I'm so motivated to not be that. So you start losing weight. Now you start creeping along that scale and you're getting closer to the middle. You start losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. You've lost five kilos and then you're like, Oh, okay, well, I'm far enough away 
from where I don't want to be. So I'll just chill. And then you start to slide back towards where you don't want to be. And then you're like, oh, I'm getting closer to that. I need to get the fuck away from that. So you start, you know, getting away from it, running away, running away, running away. And then you calm down because it's like, okay, I've lost five kilos again. And then you're like, I can just chill now. And then, then, that's not real motivation. That's fucked. Because then are you running away from something or are you running towards something? Because if you're form of motivation is to run away from something when you get far enough from it that it's not so painful you'll probably just stop doing what you're doing so you need to change what your motivator is your motivator needs to be something that you can always run towards or walk towards or skip towards something you're heading towards not away from so take weight loss for example I find that if you're going towards something, a weight goal isn't ideal because you want to find something that you do to lose weight, but you're getting a different benefit. So let's look at strength. I want to be able to squat 80 kilos 10 times. Now, that is something that you can definitely work towards and a great byproduct of that is you losing weight because you're going to the gym, you're going, okay, let's just pretend COVID isn't happening right now. I'm talking about normal scenarios. You're going to the gym, you're starting to squat. You might not even be able to squat the bar to start with. It doesn't matter, but you're going, right? You start to build that strength. You start with some lighter dumbbells. Then you start with the bar. Then you start and all the while you're losing weight. You're losing weight but you're gaining strength. Then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, whoa, I can squat 50 kilos. I'm not at 80 yet and there's still a lot to go, but I can squat 50 kilos. Then it starts going and going and then before you know it, you can actually squat the 80, but by the time you're squatting 80, you're probably also deadlifting. You're probably also doing something else. Then you start creating, goals just start coming to you left, right and center because when you go towards something, you then open up a million doors of things that you can also head towards in that same avenue. And fitness is a great one. Let's take running, for example. I want to run 5Ks. You don't care about how long it takes. You fuck no. You're like, I don't get the time. I just want to get to the 5Ks, even if I'm just like, it's like a stumble to get there. Then when you hit the 5Ks, you're like, that's awesome. Now can I drop the time in which I did it? Then you start dropping the time. Then you're like, well, now I can add a K. Let's do six. It's infinite. The amount of things that you can run towards is infinite. But the thing you're running away from is finite. It's one thing. You're running away from one thing. How boring. How boring. No wonder you're so demotivated because you're like, again, I'm trying to lose these fucking 10 kilos. And it's this yo-yo. That's where yo-yo dieting comes in. It's all, you know, psychological. You're trying to do this, a diet. Instead of changing your lifestyle altogether, instead of an overhaul of your lifestyle, how you view how your day should pan out, you think, nah, let's fucking eat this shitty thing that's going to make me lose weight. I'll do this for a month and then I'm exactly where I want to be. And then what happens? You've gotten further enough away from what you don't want. You stop that crash tight. Boom, you slide straight back down that scale. So never use running away from something as a motivating fact. You could even talk about this in, in a toxic relationship. You don't have to look at it as I'm running away from that toxic person. I am running towards all these attributes that I would love to be. I want to be confident. I want to be independent. I want to thrive. This person that I'm with isn't feeding that whatsoever. They're actually suppressing it. So I'm now going to run towards those things by dumping you. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it can be anything. Look at, look at career. 
I want to be this. Instead of thinking, I want to get away from my job. How can I be motivated to that? Find something that interests you and get there. I want to be a morning person. How do you do that? Find something that you're going to enjoy doing in the morning when you get up. Don't struggle and hate life and set the alarm and be like, this is fucking shit. This is shit. What's going to be exciting in the morning? There's always something that you can run towards and get enjoyment out of it, even if it's difficult. Even if what you're studying is so difficult, there are many successes along the way that keep you going because you're running towards something. And every time you get that, you keep it. When you run away from something, yeah, you lose the weight, but what have you gained? Okay, yeah, I'm a little bit better about my body, but not really good. And then you go back. Then you lose the weight, but what have you gained? Oh, well, just a shitty diet. I had a shitty lifestyle. I was struggling. And then you slide back. If you run towards something, you gain, 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 gain. You gain skills, you gain strength, physical strength, resilience. You're always gaining. So change up how you view a goal. Stop running away and start running towards. That is my main thing on how I stay motivated. So when it comes to study, when it comes to physical exercise, and then then you can break it down smaller. So with me, my physical exercise is broken down into physically I feel great, but I also get a lot of mental health benefits from exercising. I do it in the morning when I wake up. I go for either a run, a walk, or a workout. And then I might do a second workout later on. So half the time that I'm training is because it just I feel so good and happy afterwards. Of course I do it for my strength. Of course I do it for my body. That goes without saying, but... When you start adding on all these benefits as to why you're heading towards something and why you do what you do, then the motivation is even higher to go to those places. When I do my essays, yeah, it's the bane of my existence for a couple of days at a time, but I look at it for the bigger picture that it is of what I'm getting, not not the piece of paper because, yeah, okay, whatever, piece of paper means fuck all. Whether you have a degree or you don't have a degree, it doesn't make you better than anyone else. I'm talking about what I gain. I love the shit that I'm learning. So while this essay is fucked, in general, everything I've learned in this semester is worth it. So always look at it that way. Um, Yeah, so pretty much when it comes to motivation, make that the key thing. And remind yourself of that daily. Write it down in a huge piece of paper and stick it on your wall in your bedroom. Just keep that front of mind and you'll be so much happier. Your mental health will be so much better because you're not going to be bashing yourself about this. You're going to be a lot kinder to yourself of like, what can I achieve as a person instead of like, I'm a fat fuck, I need to fucking lose weight. You know what I mean? Be kind to yourself, get excited about something that you can work towards. And then, yeah, then you want to sit down and write this shit down. Okay, now I'm just rambling about goal setting, motivation, all of that. I will do a podcast on goal setting and I'm going to also do a podcast. I've gotten a lot of questions about toxic um, relationships as well. I touched on it with that in-laws thing at the start, but there is going to be one about toxic relationships and toxic friends because that's a big one. Um, Yeah, so that's probably the next one. The anxiety one's coming. So I don't know which one exactly is the next one. It could be next. It could be the third one. Who knows? Who knows? But it's coming soon. Um, Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for holding out for the two weeks that I wasn't – Um, podcasting thanks for putting up with my all over the place-ness if that's even a word and I will speak to you hopefully sometime this week I want to maybe do two just to make up for it Um, 
please, if you found this helpful, share it with your friends. I love it when you guys share it on your Instagram. Fucking love that. And then I can share it again. Um, Let's just get lots of people listening to this potty. And be kind to yourself. Be kind to your brain. Eat some good food. And I will speak to you next time. Au revoir.